Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Julie, and it's great to be here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I still feel new saying that. I still have that new pastor scent about me. Um, and so I'm so glad to be with you this morning. Now, I have to start by sharing some church news with you. I know that all of us have eagerly been awaiting the birth of Pastor Mark's granddaughter. This is not that news. <laughs> That's not that news. But I want to share with you about two other births. Last night at our Alpha Time Away, we had two women commit their life to Jesus for the very first time. Isn't that good news? I, I'm just always floored by the way that the Holy Spirit works through Zoom, through a Zoom camera, to do His work. In our passage today, we're in a series called Our United State. It's a time where it's so easy to be divided, even in the church. But we see that there are these things within Paul's letter to the Second Corinthians, or Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, that unite us around being followers of Jesus. And our passage today, it's one of those rallying cries, one of those great things that we can come around. Last week, Pastor Rachel, she reminded us that our home is not of this earth, that we're actually heavenly citizens, and our citizenship is in heaven. In our passage today, we see that while we are on this earth, we've been given a great diplomatic mission to be ambassadors for God. So I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. And as you turn in your Bible or you look it up on your phones, I just want to say that on this day, St. Andrew's Sunday, where we remember our Presbyterian Reformed heritage, I feel like it's important for us to note how precious it is that we have the Word of God in our hands or in our back pockets at our fingertips at all times. One of the things that the Reformers, that they fought for, even sometimes died for, was that we would have access to God's special revelation, which shows us what is necessary for salvation. So we need to notice that and celebrate that this morning. And I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different that we don't normally do. I'm going to ask you to stand, whether you are in your living room or here in the sanctuary, stand as we hear the word of God, giving honor and reverence to the Holy Scripture. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are God's ambassadors, ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have a seat, and I'll pray for us. Lord God, I pray that you would open up your scripture to us this morning, that you would illuminate it and show us what we are to believe of you. Show us what you require of us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So the word of the day today is ambassadors. And I wonder if any of you have ever been in a situation where you've needed an ambassador. 
Joey and I have been in a situation like that a couple of times, but the one that comes to mind this morning is about 14 years ago, we were traveling from Baku, Azerbaijan. We were backpacking to Istanbul, Turkey, as one does. Very common thing. And on our second day of travel, we hit a pretty big roadblock. About 50 miles out of Baku, our minibus that we were on broke down. And we quickly realized how helpless of a situation we were in when we realized that nobody, nobody spoke a lick of English. We're talking like, hello, and they looked at us with blank stares. And about an hour after sitting on the side of the road, the other passengers started grabbing their bags and walking away. So here we were in a foreign country. We didn't know where we were. This is before iPhones, so we had no clue where we were at. We didn't speak the language, and we didn't know what to do. So we did something that felt very, very logical at the time. Uh, now that I am a parent, I kind of cringe <laughs> when I think of this. We stood on the side of the road and stuck our thumbs out. And three cars passed by, blazed past, and the third car slammed on their brakes, threw it into reverse, and beckoned us to jump in. And we did. <laughs> we jumped into a car in a foreign country with language that we didn't speak. We jumped right in. Now, the rest of that story, I'll have to save it for another time. It's a really good one. I'm going to give you a couple of highlights. It includes a soda pop drinking bear. It includes toasting to the mountains of Azerbaijan with a Russian named Tofik. It is the reason that I know all of the words to the mem song, This Is Why I'm Hot. I'm hot because I'm fly. You ain't because you're not. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot. Uh, we might have purchased property in Ismali. We're not sure about that. But that is definitely like our retirement plan now. And the incredible thing was, at the end of the day, they didn't drive us to the bus depot that we had pointed to on the map. They had taken us all the way to our destination, four hours past the bus depot, to the hotel that we were staying at. It was at that hotel that for the first time, all day long, we were able to talk to Khalid and Hamid and say thank you. Thank you for driving us all the way here. And their response to us through the translator was, it was our delight. Now, Joey and I, we frequently talk about this whirlwind of a day, of course, and our first comment is always the appropriate, man, I'm so glad that we didn't get murdered. Like, I'm so glad that we survived. But the second one was the sheer joy and delight that these two men experienced and that we experienced going through Azerbaijan together with these men as our ambassadors. So this morning, as we wade into our text, my hope is that you would find a similar delight to that role of an ambassador. We're going to explore today two things. We're going to explore why God entrusted this message to us, and we're going to explore what it looks like to be an ambassador. So first, why did God entrust this ministry to us? I mean, frankly, when we hear that we've been given this like huge responsibility, our response might be, me? I mean, really, there's got to be someone else that's better suited for the job. There must be somebody who could do a better job. But the reason that God entrusted this ministry to us is because we've experienced this ministry of reconciliation ourselves. They say that the greatest customer, sorry, the greatest salesperson is a satisfied customer. The greatest salesperson is a satisfied customer. A few years ago, I was walking through a certain downtown Seattle department store, and I was seriously just passing through, like taking a shortcut. And the shoe salesperson noticed that the sole of my shoe was coming undone and said, hey, we can fix that for you. 
And I said, you know, thank you, that's so nice, but I didn't even buy these shoes here. And they said, no, no, we carry that brand, we can fix it, fix it. it'll take us 10 minutes, no big deal. So I thought, well, okay. Gave them my shoes, they went back, they came back 10 minutes later and they said, you know what, we actually couldn't fix your shoes, so we're gonna give you a pair for free. I will forever, until the day I die, sing the praises of this Swedish department store and tell you all of its goodness that you should all shop there because the best salesperson is a satisfied customer. And the best ambassador, the greatest ambassador of this ministry of reconciliation is somebody who's experienced that reconciliation themselves in their own life. The greatest ambassador of Christ is a justified sinner. We've been entrusted with this message, and it's because we have been reconciled ourselves five times. Five times in five verses, Paul uses this word for reconcile. It begins to feel a little bit redundant as Paul over and over and over again reminds us that we've been reconciled to God. But when we pause and consider what it means to be reconciled to God, it frankly should be something that we repeat over and over and over again, that through Christ, God reconciled us to himself. And so this morning, we're going to take a moment to repeat that to ourselves. I know that some of you have heard this a hundred times. Some of you have heard it a thousand times. Maybe you are hearing it this morning for the very first time, but I really want you to listen and let it sink into your soul, into your very marrow, we were estranged from God because of our sin. And what did God do? He drew near to us in the person of Jesus, and Jesus Christ himself became our mediator. Verse 21 of the text said, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That verse right there, that is the gospel encapsulated. For our sake, he made him to be sin who know, knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want you to just let that sink in for a minute, that goodness. Picture with me that on the cross, the relationship between Jesus and sin, it was so close that Paul is able to say, that Jesus was made sin. And our relationship as sinners was so close to Christ's righteousness that we were made the righteousness of God. When we put our faith in Jesus, when we confess Jesus, we become that righteousness of God. And this is why Paul is able to say earlier in the passage that when we're reconciled through Christ, God doesn't count our trespasses against us anymore. God doesn't see our sin, that long list of sin. He sees the righteousness of Christ. Commentators, they call this the great exchange, that our sin in Jesus came together and our sin was imputed, attached to Jesus, ascribed to Jesus, and his righteousness was imputed, attached ascribed to us. Isn't that good news? Martin Luther, we can't have a Reformation weekend without talking about Martin Luther, the great reformer. He says this of this passage, learn to know Christ and him crucified. Learn to sing him and say, Lord Jesus, 
You are my righteousness. I am your sin. You have taken upon yourself what is mine and given me what is yours. You became what you were not so that I might become what I was not. I love that phrase, learn to sing him. This is what we do when we worship. We sing him over and over again, that he became what he is not, so that I might become what I am not. This is the type of thing that should be awe-striking. It should humble us. It should always be at the forefront of our mind, this great work of reconciliation that God did for us through Christ. So we're ambassadors for Christ because our lives have been completely, completely altered by that righteousness, Christ in us. And the text says that it should be so obvious that we are changed, so obvious that we are reconciled. Verse 17, Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And I just finished seminary recently, so I'm like super into the Greek still. And um, the English doesn't do it justice in this case. It would better read, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. If anyone is in Christ, new creation. I want you to think of, uh, do you remember that chef, Emeril Lagasse? Does anybody remember him? I mean, he's still with us. We just don't see him as much. But... When Emerald would, like, spice things up, do you guys remember what he would yell? Bam! Exactly. Bam! If anyone is in Christ, bam! New creation. If anyone is in Christ, bam! New creation. We've all heard stories like this, right? People that said, when I became a Christian, bam! New creation. Maybe you even have a story like that yourself. I think of my friends last night who committed their life to Jesus. Bam! They're new creations today. They are different than they were yesterday. They once were lost, but now they're found. They were blind, but now they see. That is the life-altering state that we experience when we are reconciled to God. So here we are. We're new creations. We've become this righteousness of Christ. We're reconciled to God through that work of Jesus. Do we need any more motivation? I mean, really, that should be motivating enough for us to get out and tell the world about Jesus. When you think, when you stop and think about the work that Jesus did in your life, doesn't it just make you want to, like, shout it from the rooftops, right? Like, we should be telling everybody about this great work that Jesus did in our life. But, frankly, we kind of want a job description for what that looks like, right? We want to know what the commission looks like. I want a bullet point a task list. I want some 120-day goals, a five-year plan to tell me what it looks like to be an ambassador. Because I'm guessing that most of us live between two spaces. We are either covert ambassadors or we are overt ambassadors. Some of us, we treat this ambassador role like an undercover mission. You know, we're kind of sneaking around, being real quiet about it. We don't want anyone to be upset. We treat it like Nobody would even know we are Christians. People would be surprised if they bumped into us at church on a Sunday. We're covert in our operation. And some of us, we take a little bit of a different approach. I want you to take a look at this video up here. (laughs) Sorry, I'm late. Oh, it's okay. I'm glad you're here. Mm. 
coffee is hot. Isn't that the worst? Oh, I just burnt my tongue. You know what? You think that's hot? You gotta try that burn like 10 billion times worse all over your entire body as you fall into the pits of hell because you haven't surrendered your life over to the will of Jesus Christ. Huh? That's a burn you won't get over. <laughs> I saved you a cookie. How many of you have ever experienced evangelism like that before? We've all bumped into people like that. And I am, Paul, he implore, implores you to be reconciled to God. I am imploring you, like just begging you, begging you, begging you, please, please, please do not evangelize like that. Please do not have that be the method by which you share this ministry of reconciliation. It's not a covert operation. It's not an overt operation. It takes a little bit of tact. Isaac Newton said that tact is making a point without making an enemy. And so we want to be able to make this point without making an enemy. I feel like Paul was, he was very intentional in using this language of ambassador, an elder states person, when he calls us to this ministry. Because ambassadors are there to keep peace. They're there to keep the balance. And they do this by doing two primary roles. First, an ambassador is usually there to deliver a message on behalf of a foreign power. And second, an ambassador is there while delivering this message to represent that foreign power in their actions and words. So first, an ambassador does not speak for themselves. Their words are not their own. Their words are of the one that they represent. Paul says in this letter that we have been given this message. It was entrusted to us. This is the message that was entrusted to us. This, these are the words that we speak. And as ambassadors of Christ, our message is so simple. It is, and it's already been applied to our lives, so we should be very familiar with it. It's be reconciled to God. Now, like I said, Paul used this language, implore, begging, entreating, asking. There's a sense of urgency befitting this message because it's a very important message. When we one day are taking part in that heavenly citizenship, you want to know one thing that we're not going to be able to do? evangelize. When we are in heaven worshiping God, we will not be able to tell people about Jesus. We won't evangelize to others. And so there is an urgency to share this message while we are living on earth. We should always have it right at our lips. We should always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have in Jesus. We should always be looking for that moment to share in a loving way this great message that has been entrusted to us, a message of reconciliation, a message of peace. And if you need a tip on where to start, I'm going to give you some low-hanging fruit. Just start by telling your own story. Start by talking about how Jesus has worked in your life, how God reconciled you to him through Jesus. Just start there. An ambassador, they share a message, but they also represent a foreign power in their actions and the way that they live their life. And this is where our diplomacy really comes in to play. It's not just our words that we use to implore people to be reconciled to God. It's the way that we live our lives. Think about it. An ambassador, if there's a cultural gaffe or a foot 
in the mouth somehow, that could have global consequence. That could be like in, internationally a problem. Ambassadors maintain the balance, and so if they mess up, we might be heading in the wrong direction. But instead, those ambassadors, they have to be tactful. They have to be respectful. They have to strive to represent this foreign power and to show what it looks like to be a citizen of the country that they come from, to show all of the benefits of the country that they come from. They have to be keenly aware of how every single thing they do represents the foreign power that sent them. Many of you know that Joey and I lived in Afghanistan for a few years, and you might not be surprised to hear that I stuck out in Afghanistan. Nobody ever mistook me for an Afghan. We were constantly aware of the fact that people were watching what we did, that we stuck out. People noticed how we acted. They noticed how we dressed, how we spoke, even what we ate. And we knew that even though it was not part of our job, we were not there representing the United States, we were representing the United States in our actions. I couldn't stop being American. I mean, I look very American. And so I had to reflect what it looked like to be an American in everything that I did. So as Christians, we have that same call. Every action, every action reflects your status as a citizen of heaven. So my question for you today is, do you reflect your heavenly citizenship? Do you show what it looks like to be an ambassador of Jesus in your daily life? I want you to think about how you interact with the world around you through the lens of this diplomatic mission of reconciliation, representing God's work. Are you imploring people to be reconciled to God? Are you speaking words that reflect this message that has been entrusted to us? When you have a friend over for coffee, does the conversation show that you are reconciled to God? Does it reflect Christ's love? Or, I'm going to get a little bit tender here, when you post on social media, when you post on Facebook, are you being diplomatic and showing the love of Christ? I seriously want you to think about that one. Before you share that article, before you post, before you comment on that thread, Think about your ministry of reconciliation. Think about how you're acting like a kingdom citizen. Are you acting like a kingdom citizen in the way that you spend your time, in the shows that you watch on Netflix? Are you reflecting that you are a kingdom citizen in the way that you spend your money? That's another tricky one, too. How are your actions in your everyday life reflecting that you have been made the righteousness of God? That is an important thing to remember as we operate in our everyday life. You all are ambassadors for Christ, reconciled to God through Jesus. You're sent into the world every single day to proclaim that message that has been entrusted to us. We are God's appeal to the world, so live like it. Live like an ambassador. Speak like an ambassador. Let this ministry that's been entrusted to you, this message, be known to all so that all might be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. Join me in prayer. 
Father God, first I thank you. Thank you that you have reconciled us to yourself through the work of Jesus. Thank you that you made him who knew no sin to be sin for us and that you gave us your righteousness in place of our sin. Father, I pray for anyone here today, whether at home or in the sanctuary, who doesn't know that ministry of reconciliation, who doesn't feel reconciled to you, would you draw near to them? Would you show them your love for them? I think of my two friends who committed their life to Jesus last night. Lord, would you strengthen them in these first days of being a new creation? Would you show them your goodness and love? And Lord, I pray that you would make us confident, that you would make us aware, that you would make us ambassadors of your reconciliation as we move throughout this world, that people look at us and say they are different, they are a new creation, that the old is gone and that the new has come, and they see you in us. I pray all these things in your name. Amen.